NFL Draft is finally, finally behind us. Discussed and debated for weeks and months and mocked into oblivion. It's finally behind us. And I'm going to spend this week trying to get more specific about some of the picks and some of the positions that the team has addressed over this past weekend. Good morning. Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates. Najee Harris, of course, was the Steelers' very visible, very much anticipated first-round pick. And he's going to be the star of this class. I happen to feel he's going to be a star in the National Football League. The team also addressed offensive line, linebacker, even got a defensive end in a draft that wasn't supposed to have any of those. But I have to start at the end. I have to start this week at the very bottom of that class. I have got to start with Presley Harvin third your new punter for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's enough to get everybody talking when you take a kicker. It's that much more when it's a punter. Or remember when the Steelers took a long snapper. But when you take a punter who is 5'11", 263 pounds, and I'll leave the judgments as to whether or not someone is overweight to the medical people who are qualified to make assessments like that. But let's just say that what that sounds like is exactly what it is. When you take someone like that, the storyline just goes to another level. And then on top of all that, this kid can throw the football. And he has thrown out of fake punt formations for touchdowns, beautiful touchdowns, dimes dropping from the sky. What a fun, fun thing this is. Danny Smith, who attended Harvin's Pro Day at at Georgia Tech, was going berserk over it. But he goes berserk over everything. Has to be just delirious right now. Look, the Steelers couldn't have made clearer their dissatisfaction with Jordan Berry over the past year and change. He's been on and off the roster. And then when they didn't like what they saw of Dustin Colquitt, they brought him back. And It's not a super great, super healthy relationship. So between that and investing any draft pick in any position, you'd have to think that Barry's in at least for a a healthy competition this summer in Latrobe. But let's get away from the fun component of it and get to what this could actually represent. Because Harvin is he was the Ray Guy Award winner in 2020 as the punter of the year in college football. Averaged 48.4 yards, had some boomers into the high 50s. Uh, Buried teams in the corner. Did, as I mentioned, throw the football. And effortlessly so. Now, 
he's not going to be the most mobile guy in the pocket, so he'd better get rid of it. But he's also got really fluid mechanics. Catches the ball cleanly. Gets rid of the ball in less than two seconds. Uh, he's a good holder on extra points. What are his issues? Well, what are any punter's issues? They don't always hit them the way they want. And he's known for being a little inconsistent. He, you know, he'll, he'll boot it off the left or the right side of the foot and get one of those big groans from the crowd, at which point everyone will wonder why the team is carrying a 5'11", 263-pound punter. But overall, it's a skill set that, A, gets underappreciated in general across the sport anymore, but B, really hasn't been much of a weapon for the Steelers for far too long. If you're going to see the Steelers getting back to emphasizing the run, and heaven knows that's what this draft was all about, then you're also going to at least theoretically see the Steelers get back to uh, prioritizing and, and being good at winning field position battles. Your putter is absolutely part of that. I think back to the, the various games the Steelers had, even during the 11-0 uh, run, and later on whenever it, things weren't going well at all and they just kept winning anyway. And it felt like when their offense would stall, their, their offense would stall, but they never had that extra little jump, that extra spark that you wanted to get from your special teams from a big kick, from a big coverage, from a turnover. They were okay in in kick coverage in general last year, both kickoff returns and, and punt returns. And a lot of that is to the credit of Barry because I think contrary to some public perception, it's not just about the length of the kick and it's not just about sticking it inside the 20. It's also about directional punts. It's about putting it where where Danny Smith wants it to go for that particular group to be able to pin a guy in to one side of the field or the other. And Barry was okay at that. For a guy who's been around as long as he has, he, he was okay at it. If you can do better than that, if you can get yourself a little more length and a little more hang time, you can coach it up a little bit differently. And repeating here that Coach Smith himself was at this pro day. And knowing who he is and what he's like, I can only imagine his fist pounding at the draft table once that seventh round came around. Got to get me my guy. Got to get me my punter. Get me my punter. Get me my punter. Boom, 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 boom. Well, he's got him. He's got him. Harvin has what Kevin Colbert described as a big leg. Presley Harvin is a big-legged guy. I mean, he when I say that, he has a naturally powerful leg. Um, he averaged 44-7 for his career. I believe it was 47-6 this season. And it's just a natural, powerful leg. In reading the various scouting analyses that are available of Harvin, 
that term kept coming up again and again, and I'm thinking again that they're referring to the weight. Of course it's a big leg. He's 5'11", 263. It's a huge leg. That's not what they mean. He just has unnatural power in it. He has the ability to get the ball off his ankle in a way that's just not normal. And if his main issue, if his main issue as a punter is Shanks, there isn't a special teams coach anywhere who doesn't think they can fix that because they'll notice something. They'll see something with the way the ball is dropped. They'll see something with the way that uh, the timing, the stride that goes into it. They'll see something. But what they can't coach, just like a quarterback's coach can't coach a strong arm, is a strong leg. And this kid's got that. He's got that. And however it is that he functions and performs with this weight, one would have to presume that it's actually part of his equation, or else the Georgia Tech coaches would have said, hey, kid, you know, <laughs> ease up on this food or that food and get the weight down, and you might be able to make it at some point. You'd have to think that the weight is part of it. It's similar to David Wells when he pitched uh, in the major leagues for many, many years, and, and Wells especially later in his career really added some pounds. But he would explain in the most passionate way uh, how if he lost that weight, if all of a sudden he became some skinny dude, he would lose this or that component to his pitching. This is going to be fun. It's a fascinating story. Uh, I feel like I know the Steelers brass well enough to know that they wouldn't be chasing a fascinating story here. They want this kid to be the best punter that he can be for the Steelers. They want this kid to make their special teams better. But from my purposes, and maybe from yours, yeah, fun. When we come back, just one question. It's time for just one question. That's brought to you on this program always by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG pride themselves in doing what they say they are going to do. It's important to them that when they make you a promise, they keep that promise. They've been keeping promises in our region for over 80 years. Years. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, Elwood City. Learn more about them at lgkg.com. And our question for the day comes from Lewis, who says, DK, how happy are you about this draft if you are the Steelers QB1 for 2022? Hmm. A lot of pundits and even casual fans focus on the near-term 
Strategic leaders in all walks of life are successful because they can think long-term. It seems like Kevin Colbert did a good job setting up the future Steelers quarterback for success with his first four picks. As always, thanks for your thoughts on this question. Lewis, anytime you ask Colbert and or Mike Tomlin about their motivations for a draft pick or a broader scope of the composition of the draft class, you will invariably get back the most boring, predictable answer. And that is, that's just how it worked out. And I can promise you that if I took your question and took it directly to one of them, that's what you'd get back. That's just how it worked out. Even, even within the extreme context that this team invested its first four picks into the offense, first time for four offensive picks to open a draft since 1984. Even to that, Colbert came back with the same static answer. They don't see patterns with this stuff. They do see needs that they want to address along the way. And as Colbert and Tomlin both acknowledged, again, after this draft, that whenever they have what they consider to be a tie or a really, really close situation between this player or that player or a group of players, the tiebreaker will be need. But otherwise, they'll always disavow any kind of patterns. To your point, though, yeah, they did some good stuff. The next quarterback of the Steelers, whether that's 22 or later, is going to be pretty well set with weapons. If you look across the line, it's going to be a mostly younger group. The wide receivers have been young for a while now. The running back's a first-rounder. It's it's a good, good situation. I I could even throw Pat Fryermuth into it, the, the new tight end, if he blossoms as the Steelers are hoping. It's a nice situation. Now, the question is, who's going to be the beneficiary? <laughs> Maybe that's actually what you were asking, because all you said was a quarterback for 22. Well, the quarterback for 22 could be Ben. I, I'm not going to predict that after the way things went this offseason. But I also could see Ben just saying, hey, I just had a great 2021. We had a nice little run in the playoffs there. Uh, this is a good young team. I feel like I fit in. I'm going to uh, you know, take my chances and come back for one more. Don't read too much. I know you're, you're thinking of Mason Rudolph right now. Everybody's listening to this right now. It's going, Mason Rudolph? What Mason? Mason Rudolph just signed the one-year extension, and good for Mason. Mason sets himself up for additional job security, more of a payday, and everything else here. And he knows that this team knows him and that he's going to be at least number two in this organization. He just is. Why was he signed, especially on draft day? That was the other part. Why did they do this on draft day? Why Because that's just when it got done. 
There's no master plan. I really believe this at quarterback. I, re- I believe that the reason that Mason was signed to a one-year extension was because what the Steelers didn't want to do was to have a scenario where every single quarterback in the room, all four of them, could walk after the coming season. And you're left with nothing. Can't have that. Can't have that. That's way too big of a risk. I don't care what kind of hoops you want to jump through in next year's draft or what kind of money you have in cap space, and they do. The Steelers have a ton of cap space next year that you could say, we're just going to go out and sign somebody. We're just going to... You can't do that. You can't just have the room go empty after a season. So Mason gets another year. Mason benefits from it. I believe, if I was predicting this right now, open to change, obviously, that the Steelers quarterback in 22 will be Mason. But my goodness, is that subject to change. Thanks so much for the question, Lewis. I appreciate it. I'm not sure I answered it. I'm not sure I answered it. That was a tough one. But thanks to everybody for listening Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll try this again tomorrow. At Point Park University in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door. Your car. Your gym locker. Your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.